Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the Quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Brockloss Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Willie of Willie Quilts. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Willie? Yes, for sure. I So my name is Willie. I use he, him pronouns, um, and I am a quilt maker and I am also a writer and performer and um, I wait tables to pay the bills, which is also something I love. And I also teach creative writing and I live in Brooklyn, but I was born and raised in Florida, which I feel like is a big part of stuff I make as well. So I think that about covers it. You mentioned that you, um, are, you're a writer. What sort of writing do you do? Yeah, so I studied theater and performance art in college and have been kind of doing theater since I was a kid. And I right now I'm working on a solo show, like I write and perform solo plays. Um, I also write kind of plays that are for an ensemble and then pretty often collaborate with a really good friend of mine who lives in Chicago. We will write like two person shows that are plays, but we are we play ourselves the whole time. And yeah, that's the kind of stuff I write. Yeah. That's really cool. Just out of curiosity, could we actually ever go watch one of your shows if we're in the city? Yeah, for sure. I don't have anything like uh, specific on the horizon yet, for sure. But this summer I performed a bit. I was in a like a, a queer performance festival at the Tank. And then, um, yeah, the show has kind of been in development for a couple of years. So it's like kind of ongoing. And I hope, I don't know, maybe in the spring or next summer, I'll have like another draft of it up. So yeah, absolutely. Would love to see you there. So how did you get into quilting? Can you tell us about that creative journey? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, so I learned how to sew as a kid and um, my, my best memory of like when it all started was that one Christmas, I really wanted to make teddy bears for my sisters as like Christmas gifts, like from scratch. And I spent a lot of time with aunts and my grandma who were always like crafting and they would like go to Joanne Fabric all the time. And I like love doing that with them. And I I guess like I saw a pattern for a teddy bear and like, and just like thought it was really cool that you could just like make a teddy bear from scratch. And so, um, one of my aunts taught me the basics of sewing, got me through that. And they're, they ended up being pretty cute. My big sister still has hers. Um, I think so does my little sister. I just haven't seen it in a while. And, um, sorry, that sounds like a call out. That's not a call out. So yeah. So that's kind of how I think I like learned the basics of sewing and then like sewed again in a home ec class. And, um, so I knew it, knew how to do it as a kid. And then, like I mentioned, I studied theater and performance in college, which is obviously kind of like, you know, a primary love of mine and a craft of mine as well. But I, I think like around the time I graduated, I just was seeing quilts everywhere. And I think I, I think there was like a show of like, Souls Grown Deep Foundation or G's Bend Quilts at the Met, like right after I graduated college. And I don't, they just were like around. And I remember just kind of just starting to fall in love with them and thinking like, I think I kind of know how to do that. Like, not like, oh yeah, I can do that tomorrow. But I was like, I think I know the basics. And of course, YouTube sort of helped me get there the rest of the way. And I, I just, I don't know. I think it's just great to have like a physical expression of being an artist because sometimes being a writer and performer just feels like this invisible, intangible thing that has no 
like product, you know, like, um, but quilting super does. And I always know where to start with a quilt, which is not true of like writing and performing. So. And then, so I know that, you know, we were kind of exploring your website and your Instagram account, and we noticed that you also do sell some of your um, quilted projects. Um, so how did you get into selling your creations? Um, well, you know, as a quilt maker, people are always like, oh, can I buy, you know, can I buy one? How much is it? What? $50 or a hundred dollars maybe. And it's like, no, it's like, like if I counted the hours that went into making this. Um, so I think that a lot of, a lot of what I sold just like through my website just, um, has just been smaller pieces, which are often like wall hangings that I've made. I guess I've done, I've done two rounds of them. The first, the first batch that I made was also a fundraiser, um, for my, my hometown a year over a year ago now was pretty badly um, beat up by Hurricane Ian, and I made some of these little quilts as a fundraiser for Habitat for Humanity, which was like helping people rebuild their homes and stuff. And um, I think just knowing that like not everyone wants to buy like a a thousand dollar or two thousand dollar blanket or or can or should even you know not everyone should do that, but um, I don't know. I just like there's a lot of people who love quilted stuff and it can be a great way to like own a piece of like quilted art that's like more affordable. So I think that's kind of how it started and then more like throw sized or even like larger quilts I've sold just through word of mouth or like DMs on Instagram. It's not a, not a ton, a ton, but you know, every now and then I've done a few and baby quilts also seem to be like a sweet spot of like price and like you know, effectiveness, you know, like it feels worth it, you know, so. Now for those folks in our audience who aren't yet familiar with your work, can you describe your design style? Yeah, sure. Um, I, so a lot of my quilts borrow traditional, like many people, traditional patterns, but like super basic, like it's just a lot of like half square triangles and like log cabin motif and um, and they're, you know, like I mentioned before, very much inspired by G's Ben's quilts, who, who isn't inspired by those quilts. Um, but I think, yeah, so I think it's that, um, plus also I am colorblind as an artist, which has been like kind of an obstacle or an opportunity. Um, and so my quilts are also always pretty high contrast. Um, a lot of that's cause I just love high contrast. Like I just love fully dialed out colors and beige as a contrast to like a really, uh, saturated color. But also when I'm making quilts, like having a very limited color palette, a lot of, um, negative space keeps me from getting lost. Like when I first started making, I have this unfinished quilt that ended up or unfinished quilt top. That's way bigger than I thought it was going to be. I didn't really like measure or plan. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to make this. And it's this kind of radiating sawtooth pattern. Um, that is these kind of super bright, like Malibu Barbie colors. And, uh, I was cutting like so many, so many half square triangles. And I, I would like work at night, didn't have great light and would just fully get lost between like what were the blue triangles and what were the pink triangles. And like when it's really bright, when the light is really bright, I can see it, but sometimes not. And so like working on the project, I would have to like call my boyfriend and they're like, Hey, can you, can you separate the pink and the blue? And then like, I'm pretty sure that's yellow. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's yellow. It's like, Oh, okay, great. Cool. Um, so 
yeah, so I think that very much informs the work that I make. I, um, because I think I also don't always totally trust myself with color. So I'm like, if I put too many things in here, it could get, it could be ugly in a bad way. Because I love ugly in a good way, but things can be ugly in a bad way, as we all know as well. So some of your work looks like it's been improvised. So how do you approach a new design? Do you go in with like an existing plan in mind or do you just simply just go with a flow or maybe both of them? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. I think that um, I I usually start by like looking at quilts I love. I think the thing that drives me the most to make quilts is having seen quilts in museums or not even, you know, I've been lucky to see some like IRL that people own and they're and I'm I just have this like oh I want that like I want that quilt you know and um and I think I mean the one quilt that I made that was really satisfying is a straight up knockoff of this quilt called um uh inward stairs quilt by Roberta Jemison that's a black and white quilt that I made and or not even a knockoff it's it's not a knockoff it's like a devotional it's like a you know like um, just because it's the simplest. It's black and white or black and like undyed. Um, and it's just such an effective design, but it also feels um, pretty loose. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just amazing. So I think often like like that inward stairs, like making that kind of copying this historic, amazing design was a way of kind of like learning how the pattern worked a little bit and like, like what rules can you break and what rules can you not, or like what even are the rules? And so, um, so I think that's how they start a lot, a lot, like I'll seize a design element that in an existing or historic or antique quilt and just kind of play with it. I think I've always also loved, um, I don't know the exact year of it, but you know, that pieced quilt book, it's kind of like a slim, beautifully illustrated book that, um, I think is kind of cultish. I feel like I'll see it around in a lot of like other quilt makers, like in the background, like everyone has it. And there's a quilt in there called like, just, I think just like sawtooth quilt. And I think they kind of try to pinpoint it to like Massachusetts in the 19th century vaguely. And it's just this big centered, like red sawtooth in a white background. And that's just always been like, to me also another, just like totally perfect quilt. Cause it's homey, but also like kind of scary and like aggressive, but really simple. And, um, and I think that's why sawtooths like, and half square triangles have always been really compelling to me. So so I think I start by knocking stuff off in that way. Like I want to play with that. Like and I want to have one for myself. And then and then also lately, like I got a cherry wood fabric sample box. Like they had this sale where they had some sort of like, I don't know, like stuff that was like either misdyed or like not perfect or like odds and ends. And they would stuff a box and you'd pay a flat rate and they would send you this stuff. And um I started using those like uh, this box of colors that somebody else has already selected. Like I'm just going to play around and definitely those have been improvised while still being like, I'm really into triangles right now. Um, and something else that I'm trying to do a lot lately is just like not use a ruler or rotary color cut rotary cutter. Cause I feel like, I feel like you can go down this very fussy road that is not always totally called for. Like, so, like I'll be stressing about like, Oh, sizes and points. And, and I'm like, I'm not making a freaking like, double wedding ring or something, which I've never done, but I know I'm sure requires a lot of very precise cutting. And, um, and so a lot of the work that I've been doing lately has been just trying to use scissors and like not using a, uh, a ruler or a hard edge or a rotary cutter. And 
do you start out designing with like a sketch or do you just dive into cutting? Yeah, I sketch a little bit, um, but but there, it never usually... Yeah, I'll, I think I'll sketch to sort of like think about, and not always, but sometimes I will. And I think that'll be, yeah, just to kind of doodle and think about it. But but mostly, so last year, it's over a year now, one October ago, I got a studio, which was very exciting and um, got to like put up a design wall, which I think totally changes the game um, from working on the floor or like working on, you know, lining stuff up on my bed or whatever, which is what I've done for forever. And so that has been a huge part of how I do it as well. So I think like I'll sketch a little bit just to fiddle around, but then pretty much um, like, especially with these cherrywood fabrics, I don't know if you've worked with them before. They're hand dyed in Minnesota, um, super cool woman run company. And uh, the colors just are, have these natural kind of striations or undulations or whatever. And so sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm going to put a bunch of triangles there. And then I'm like, oh, I can't cut that piece of fabric though. Cause it's like, you'll miss these beautiful, like this beautiful texture in the color. And I think that's something that the design wall, like lets you do that. Maybe you like I couldn't, or didn't do before. So I think sometimes that determines it. Like I'm like, oh, this blue is so beautiful. I don't want to cut it. Like, let's just leave it that square, you know, or that w weird rectangle or something. And you also put a lot of thought into your quilt backs. So what kind of goes through your mind as you're crafting and composing your quilt backs? Yeah, you're making me realize that maybe I'm just kind of like trying to cut as little as possible. I think that I'll think the front is going to be, you know, really simply color blocked, not a lot of what. And then suddenly I'm cutting out like a thousand freaking triangles and like trying to figure out how to put them all together. And then I think I'm like, OK, now I'm on the back three, you know, like just a few pieces is all I need, um, because I think you know, like quilt making has this, uh, this thing of like making do with like what you have on hand. And I think especially like some of these like Southern quilt making traditions, um, are very much expressions of that. Like, especially some of these older quilts where you see like a feed sack, like sewn into the top of the quilt or whatever. And I think, I don't know, I think there's this like funny dance of like, trying to, trying to act like, oh, I'm just making do and in a similar way, but it's like so excessive. Like you can buy whatever you want on the internet and it's going to arrive, you know, like, I don't know. I think sometimes I'm trying to just like not simulate that. But then on the back, I'm like, well, I got to get this done. I've got, okay, this is big enough. That's big enough. Cool. I think I'm covered. Like sew it together and let's go. You're making do with almost time as the. Yeah. In some ways for sure. Yeah. Trying to, yeah. Trying to make do and trying to have the guts to like not cut as much as uh, I want to, cause I don't know. So we have read that you are a dedicated hand quilter. Do you also hand piece your patchwork? No, no. Um, I am a dedicated hand quilter and you read that cause I wrote, I wrote that in my bio. I don't know why I, anytime someone like, I feel like that's just an important thing to say because I, I think that that is an essential part of what some of these like historic and antique quilts that I've seen that made me be like, I want that. It's part of that too. Cause I think the hand quilting gives them this, um, just life. I don't know how, you know, like the idea that you have this beautiful composition that's like huge and, and thick also to really keep you warm. And then, you know, some in a, in a, there's some story where like, yeah, my aunt made that for me. Like my auntie sat down and 
designed it, got, you know, got everything together and then squeezed up every inch of it, like as she worked across the surface of it to like hand quilt it. Like I've always thought that that's just like, I don't know, that makes them these objects of love and, um, and tenderness and sweetness that I love a lot. And so I, yeah, just love looking at it and then also love the process of doing it. Um, which I think is why everything I make is hand quilted that also makes it really slow and then like if you try to start to figure out a price which everyone knows is like the most awful thing to try to do with a quilt but that makes it also like a really high price because I don't know like a full not even a full like a throw size quilt if it's quilted you know like relatively not well but densely I guess if there's like you know an anti-level a nice anti-level of quilting is like a lot of time it's like at least 40 hours for even just a throw quilt and maybe maybe that's because I'm slow maybe someone is listening and be like you like pick up the pace come on some anti out there is like please what are you talking about let me show you a thing or two um but uh yeah so I think that that is also I don't know. It's this fun counterbalance to, I think, to like modern contemporary life where everything is so fast and so disposable and blah, 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 like all of that. But it can be so nice to just sit down with a needle and thread and just, you know, kind of, I want to say meditative, but that makes, that would make me sound more like evolved than I am. I don't think I meditate, but I think it is like, a, it's just a moment to chill. Sometimes I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something. And sometimes I'm just listening to white noise or sometimes I'm not, you know, just really just focusing on that, but I don't know. I, I find it to be a beautiful thing. And are you quilting on a hoop? I, okay. This is the other amazing thing that made a stu that was made possible by a studio. Not totally. I could have done it in my house, but my boyfriend would have thrown me out the window if I did this, but I made an old school quilt frame, which, um, I used Joe Cunningham's instructions, which are available online, just like Google Joe Cunningham quilt frame. And I just like recommend anyone watch any of his videos, the way he talks about quilts and quilt making, both like the how-to stuff, the nuts and bolts, and then also the sort of like larger historical, he's just like a total gem. Um, so I made a quilt frame according to his recipe, which he also, you know, says dates back hundreds of years. It's a really old way, but you, I had stretch out the whole thing now, you know, I haven't always done that. I, I used a, a hoop until last October, basically. Um, but you, you stretch out the whole thing and you can quilt anywhere you want to basically. Um, the great thing about that design is that you, I quilt from the bottom up and as you kind of quilt up to where your arm can reach, you just unclamp it and roll up that portion of the quilt and just kind of keep moving. Um, but it's also kind of the classic design where you could get a bunch of people sitting around and just kind of quilting from all angles. Um, which is another thing I love about G's Ben quilts and not, not, not just G's Ben, I've, of course, these types of quilts have come from a lot of other places. But if you look at the quilting patterns, sometimes you can see like, oh, yeah, I could see that a few people were sitting around. And like this is where this one woman's arm went sort of comfortably, like in this little arc coming. Because I, I prefer to quilt towards myself. I think that's something I should work on as well. Because if you watch Joe Cunningham do hand quilting, he can hand quilt in any direction. He's amazing. He also like doesn't, he doesn't bury his knots. He doesn't even make, he doesn't even tie knots in his hand quilting and He'll put in a really long piece of thread and leave half of it sticking out and he'll quilt with one half of it and then re-thread his needle on the other side and quilt the other direction with the other half of the thread. Are you stitching with, uh, what kind of white thread are you using? 
I've been using 12 weight thread lately. I've tried to use like, what is it? Like pearl cotton, like eight weight. And sometimes that's like too big. It feels like sewing with like shoelaces or something. I feel like, I feel like 12 seems to be the right. Um, but I've got a lot of spools of like 40 and 50 weight that I, you know, just kind of pile up. And I think, um, that can also be cool too. just need more of it. And so I think like eventually I'll find the right project for it, but yeah. So we read somewhere that uh, with all the quilts that you create, uh, they're made with wool batting. So why wool batting over other types of batting that's available? I think the main thing is that it gives you a nice loft with the hand quilting. Um, and also it's a natural, it's a natural fiber. And I've used cotton. Cotton can be really cool. Cotton... Um, I think makes the hand quilting look a little flat or like not as kind of that rich, crinkly, puffy thing that we all love. I'm not totally into having like polyester and stuff, which sounds kind of uppity, but I just like, I don't know. It just seems like I don't want to put that inside. Also, I've made a lot of quilts for babies, like friends who have babies and stuff. And it just feels like wool is a good, like not really allergenic and it's so warm also. Like I have a, I have one quilt that I've kept for myself that I've made and it's wool. And it's just like, it's amazing. That's another way in which quilts are magical. They work. They keep you warm. It's really freaking great. So we see that your work has been featured at the Speak Low in Brooklyn. And you also had the opportunity to talk about your work in the gallery sort of studio space. Um, are there any other upcoming collaborations or other fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with our listeners? Um, no, nothing specific right now. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I, this summer kind of took a lot of my attention away from quilt making and like I got a new job, which we don't totally have to talk about. That's kind of boring, but that, and then also kind of working on my, so this solo show that I, I was working on over the summer. And, um, and I think for me, like, it's always that juggle of like working to make money at, I, I've always worked at restaurants and, um, restaurants will take as much out of you as you're willing to give. And sometimes you're like, I'm so broke, take everything, you know? Um, and sometimes you're not. And, uh, yeah, right now I'm in this funny thing of like, I feel like work, this kind of new job is mellowing out, trying to get back into the studio more in the winter. Cause it's always like, I don't know how you both feel about it, but sometimes it can be even more satisfying to be like making quilts in the colder months. It's like, feels really poetic and special. So, um, but nothing, nothing totally specific coming up. Are there any future quilts that you're excited to dive back into once you're in the studio again? Yeah, for sure. I have, um, I've been, the thing I've been working on right now, I have two things that I'm kind of juggling. I've got something up on the design wall, which is really fun. Um, that's one of those things where I'm like, no, don't cut any more pieces. Like, let it be. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I take something off and I start cutting and, um, and suddenly there's a thousand more triangles, uh, I've got that on the wall, which is really fun. And then I have a quilt in the quilt frame that I've been really slow about, but I want to finish ASAP. It's a, um, you know, you could see it on my Instagram. I've, I've been posting process pictures of it. It says eat Ron in the center of it. And then around it, that's like a center medallion around just a really simple, I don't even know what you call it, but, um, there's some checks and I guess it's maybe, uh, maybe overall it's like a courthouse step sort of variation because there's also triangles and stuff. Um, but, uh, 
that will eventually be a fundraiser of some kind. I haven't figured it out yet, but as I mentioned, I'm from Florida. Um, I'm also queer and uh, I haven't figured out exactly what, but hoping that I can finish quilting it up, get some juicy photos of it, and then maybe... I don't know. I'm thinking I'll produce like some posters to sell to raise funds for like uh, trans youth, I don't know, gender affirming care nonprofit somewhere in Florida or helping people who've like left Florida. I don't know. I want to use it to raise money for queer kids in Florida. Okay. On that note, it is time to move into our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Willie? I think so. Okay. Wendy, why don't you take us away? All right. So what's your favorite time of day to quilt? Morning. And where do you quilt? Studio. And do you wear shoes while sewing? And if so, do you wear socks and no socks? Yes. Shoes, nice thick socks. It gets chilly in my studio. And what best describes your sewing speed? Lead pedal or slow and steady? Slow and steady. Uh, Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence? I'll go through all three, but lately, Harry Nielsen, Jump Into the Fire, gets my sewing excitement going. And do you have a favorite snack while quilting? Peanut M&Ms. What's your favorite quilting technique? Half square triangles, baby. (laughs) Is there a quilting technique you'd like to try going into 2024? I've always wanted to make a Baltimore album quilt. I don't know if I'll make it next Ooh. year, but that's kind of my my like white whale of quilting. Uh, favorite traditional quilt block? Log cabin. Log cabin. Classic. Uh, print or solid fabrics? Solids. Hand dyed, I take it. Yeah, lately hand dyed. Yeah. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? My quilt frame. It sounds extravagant, but it's like so cheap to build it. Really cheap materials at Home Depot. The cheapest wood available, just like, I don't know, it's one by four or something. And you could, you could dial it, you could like style it out with some nicer, stronger, sexier wood. But just that, I don't, I think it was like 30 bucks all in. And I rented a saw, so maybe that was another 30 bucks, but, um, and it's just great. It's just great. I recommend it. What is your favorite part of the quilt making process? Uh, Another cheesy answer, but I love giving quilts away. Giving a quilt to someone you love is just the most fun, beautiful thing. And what's your least favorite part of the quilt making process? Um, I don't like buying fabric very much. I like to just have it. I wish it could just appear. (laughs) And what is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? I, I'll, okay, I guess I'm coming out as like an anti-rotary cutter warrior. I didn't realize I was, but I have to say, I just think cutting on a straight edge, like with a rotary cutter is over, overvalued in quilt making or something. It's not, it's not totally true. You both make these beautiful, precise quilts that require that. But I just, for me, I, I just find a quilt more satisfying the less fussy cuts I do. And do you have a quilty crush? Yes, I love uh, Emma Redman is someone who I haven't met IRL, but I know they're around Brooklyn, but um, they make amazing quilts. And how many projects are in your work in progress pile right now? Mm. Mm. I'd say five or six, but it's like two that are active. The other four are like, I'm never going to get to those. (laughs) Currently dead to you. (laughs) DTM, big time. (laughs) 
Okay. And outside of the studio, do you have any other interests or hobbies? Yeah, I mentioned being a writing a writer and performer. Um, I'm also a very avid, avid casual cyclist. I don't wear spandex, but I love to bike a lot. So um I'll yeah, you can catch me biking around New York, which is one of my favorite things to do. And we've got just one more question for you, which is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Ooh, okay. The first one is the New York Public Library Picture Collection. I don't know if you guys follow that. Great for inspo. They'll let artists um, curate just like random kind of collections on different themes. That's great. Julie Silber, she is also an SF quilt person. She's a dealer and curator. She for ages was the curator of the Aspiri Collection, which has a lot of Amish quilts. Um, and she has a shop in Berkeley, California that I feel very lucky to have been able to visit last summer where I also met Joe Cunningham, who I talked a lot about, but follow her. She is so wonderful. The first time I saw her, I, I should have mentioned this also. I feel like, um, the quilt show, you know, that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, it's still, they're still producing it, but it's kind of like an old school public access show. It's Ricky Timms and Alex Anderson. I watched a lot of episodes of that when I started my quilt journey as well, which were so informative and amazing. And she was a guest once and she'll do these like on their show, she'll, Julie Silver will do these old school kind of like bed turning vibe, you know, where it's like a big pile of quilts and she'll just like turn them down and be like, this is this, this is where it's from. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but Woman P. Kim is a Korean um, quilt maker kind of working more in like a fine art space, but makes these like pieced wall art that, um, that are, they're canvases, they're pictorial. They're like, I don't know, they're kind of like market scenes and I don't know, shop windows and stuff. And, um, those are amazing. So on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the.weekendquilter. And Willie. I'm at Willie Quilts, W-I-L-L-I-E, Quilts. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Thank you.